So welcome to Stay in the Loop with Lucy. Parenting can be a haphazard experience of discovering our way through raising children by trial and error. Parenting in lockdown is a whole different kettle of fish. It's like a boot camp for parenting where every quirk, every quibble, every tension will be right there in your face with no escape. But equally, it's the most gorgeous opportunity to be super honest about those quirks, foibles and tensions and quibbles and address them. Discover relationships that are far deeper. And even if you experience one mini volcano eruption after another, there are opportunities. So I've gathered together three other parents who I'm hoping will share some of the quirks and colour of their homes so that we can consider what online learning, what lockdown, uh, and what generally parenting in all different forms, whether it be a blended family that's represented by Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. Hello, Lucy. Um, Parenting a house full of boys, Carmen. Hi. Or Vanessa, who has one daughter but seems to parent quite a few others of her friends and does online learning like I have never heard before. So we're going to be inspired by that. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi, Lucy. Thank you. Let's start with the elephant that's in the room about lockdown. What does parenting in lockdown look like for you, Rachel? Oh, boy. So as a relatively new step parent, what the lockdown situation has done in our family is that all of the things I thought I was successfully ignoring, coping with, managing, um, brushing under the carpet, are absolutely inescapably in my face. (laughs) While we had school and I was busy at work and um, there was so much I could ignore. Just ignore. I'd get home late so I didn't get to see a lot of the afternoon dramas and the lack of homework and all of the things that were being done or not being done. Even though I knew that things were problematic, um, I, could, I could effectively, I'm actually going to use the word divorce myself from it. I could go, not my mm. problem. Mm. Suddenly I'm home and they're home and everybody's home. And here it is. The, it's, it's, the elephant has actually outgrown the room. <laughs> it was always there. It was always there. Yeah. I was just able to pretend. That's that's been lockdown experience for me. Yeah, yeah. Carmen, um, my experience. I've actually loved the kids being home from school. Um, I I really have. The my youngest son um, is fairly sensitive, and he would come home most days from school in reaction of some sort. So he would either be sad, angry, um, hyperactive, definitely eaten lots and lots of junk food that he had managed to get outside the home and just, yeah, just not be in a great place where 
having him get up and just be his desk is opposite mine um, and getting him to do his work. He's just, he has just been in a much better place, although missing his friends. Um, I really haven't had a problem with my teenager, but he's had a massive problem being at home with us. It's really been, it's, I think it's been confronting for him. No end. He has, he has hated every minute of it and actually hated that we've been quite um, stable and enjoying ourselves. I think that's made him hate me, you know, he's hated that even more. <laughs> so, so that's been, uh, that's been an interesting an interesting uh, process and I'm sure you'll ask us some more questions about that but um, yeah I've, I've, I've enjoyed this time I like and it's not control <laughs> but I have liked sort of having a bit of knowing where they are what they're doing how the work's going you know just being just being in the loop of everything that's going on um, it's been yeah I've enjoyed it yeah which is possibly why that teenager does not <laughs> like it <laughs> Mums shall not know. <laughs> he wants. He wants to. He he actually tried. And this sounds insensitive, but it's not. He tried to have a mental health issue. He tried. He had his room dark. Everything dark inside, and he kept coming out and saying, oh, "Everybody's agitated. The whole world's agitated." And I'd say, "But we're not." Yeah, but you're not normal. Everybody else is agitated. Nobody can bear being locked inside. Like, oh, but we're absolutely fine. You've got space. You can, you know, we go outside in the sun at least for half an hour every day. Come and join us. No, 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 no. You know, I'm in my room and I'm agitated. And it's just like, really? Um, yeah, so quite, quite amusing. What you shared there was the room was dark. He was staying in his room. You can create something that genuinely becomes your reality and you can you know you know um, a lot of times we hear the influence of social media and media and how it comes into our, our our space and actually that becomes our reality that to me when I hear you say that that's what I feel I feel like he drank the water that was basically coming through media Vanessa is, has that been anything like your experience? Because I can relate to both of those. So yeah, far. I was going to say, I, I, can, <laughs> I can relate to definitely to both. I have definitely been enjoying having the space to be at home and be with um, my daughter at home and my husband's still working, so he comes and goes, so it's not so intense. Um, and then we can go from being really having a lovely time to things going horribly wrong really quickly. Like it's like this sort of doesn't seem to be a middle ground. And, um, but then there is, I feel like every day is like a, a year and then it feels like it's take gone like that. And it's all being, every day feels very, very intense, I suppose is a word maybe, but then, but then it's also very enjoyable and there's a lot that can happen. And, and I'm really appreciating my home. I've got a garden. I just feel very, blessed really you know I've got a forest that I can go to and I've, I've, I've really been appreciating where we are and and also how we live that we aren't freaking out and really super stressed out you know we're really feeling like the fruits of labor almost you know it's like I've got a rhythm I've got a routine and I've kept that going and I've been playing with that through it and seeing how that affects the house and how that affects me um, and that's probably one of the biggest things I've been learning um, 
there's definitely there's something I'll tell you a bit later, a little story about something I have learned, but um, to do with swearing and things and how that's affect the house. But um, as far as schooling and learning and stuff, I'm I'm pretty relaxed about all of that. I I'm, I honour the fact that teachers are doing the work, so we print it out and what's been asked. But we do a bit in the morning, and then I'm very much like project based, whatever's taking your interest in and doing that and doing my own work and it's not easy you know there's lots of pressures and I don't often feel guilty about things I have felt that a few times like I, I need to get on with this but you're on and especially because she's on her own as a lonely child you know only child and stuff like that so there's a lot there's a lot going on all of the time I suppose is the feeling. Yeah that's definitely what I've picked up there's a lot going on all of the time there's no off button and what I've picked up is that there was definitely an off button and uh, Rachel picked this up before you go to work, you come home. So you have a different hat on in those different places so you can approach them differently. And now everything is the same. And where those coping strategies were to go out or go to the gym, that's what I'm noticing. Those, you either find them again or we've got a problem because that's where you're going to have the, the mini volcanic eruptions. Have you noticed any decompression tactics? What comes to me is just um, people, <laughs> being in contact with other people. Because obviously yeah. in my day-to-day -day work, I would go to a school and I'd see lots of teachers, I'd see lots of other kids and, and just being out and traveling and commuting. You know, I love London. Um, and so just not having that sort of physical people contact mm. is kind of, was affecting me in, in a way. Um, in lots of ways I was enjoying not having it as well, but I could feel that I needed it more. And so this week I've actually had a more contact with people. I've, been, I've made the effort to make phone calls or to, to have more Skype stuff. But I do notice like, um, in England here, they do this um, clapping on a Thursday and we, our streets are cul-de-sac. So it's a way to see people. <laughs> so you're out there, you're sort of chatting like a person. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> sort of like a real two, 3D person. Um, I mean, that's like that for us. But And I've got Kev and I've got Abby May. So, I, you know, for people who don't have anybody, it must be really quite strange just not having any, being in the room with somebody, you know. Mm. I think you're a much level, a higher level of shutdown too in, in London, Vanessa, than we are in Australia. We, we have more scope to, to get out. Um, I'd like to just touch a little bit, Lucy, on what Vanessa said earlier about having a rhythm and how important it is at this time. So for me, nothing has changed. Even when I couldn't go to work, I still get out of bed early. I make sure that I have work to do and then I get up and then I do it. So my life, the only difference is I haven't got dressed and got on the train as much. Um, and with my work, I was still able to do some, provide some emergency work. So I was able to get out and occasionally <clears throat> go to work. But what I've noticed is my husband and I'm going to say his son, I, as a, as a step parent, I still haven't worked out really how to describe this. Um, 
what I've noticed and the most intense source of stress in our household is that they do have a rhythm. It's just not a rhythm that is particularly supportive for them and certainly for the household as a whole. So we are really discordant with each other. And so that, that for me has, you know, initially, it wasn't lovely. I've got to tell you, I suddenly found myself um, channeling my own mother who was, you know, with all the love in the world, slightly mentally ill. And so here I was being this, suddenly I was the Gorgon in the house. And it was, it was ugly and, and, you know, it caused me a lot of um, hurt and a lot of angst and a lot of pain um, to see myself, you know, just in really constant reaction to the late hours and the yelling at each other at 1.30 in the morning when, the, you know, my husband's trying to get his son to bed and... Um, it, it was very ugly and the, the process of decompression, Lucy, is something I just had to work on really for myself because when I spoke to my husband, he didn't want to partake in that. Um, he's very fixed in what he does and, and you can probably hear the tension in my voice still. There's, for me, it didn't quite a process of constantly observing myself and going, do I let this go? Do I have a conversation? And ev literally every time the reaction arises, I have to just go very settled and really hold myself, not allow the reaction to grab me. And then what do I do with this? Do I just let it go? Do I address it? How do I address it? And not allowing myself to speak to either of them in reaction because it just sends everything to hell. Such a great point, Rachel. The, the, moment, the moment anyone reacts, but let's talk about the women in the house here, the mums in the house. The moment you react, you light the kindling that's on the forest floor straight away and within seconds it can be you know it can have ravaged acres you know it's it's just um and that's by trial and error that you suddenly realize how powerful not reacting is and just what you've described just taking that moment to go stop do i need to say anything here or do i need to walk away can i say it's not easy <laughs> it's like it's not easy right really, the results are simple everything gets very simple but it's not easy no no yeah i also love the point um that rachel brought up because my my life also hasn't changed much at all you know when you asked that question lucia but i don't know how to answer this because i get up early i you know do my work i do my studies you know it, it carries on but um that 
you mentioned right in the beginning how you could go to work and ignore things and um i felt that you you actually do have to call things out more than before knowing that it may result in in an unpleasant confrontation but there is no space to ignore anything so it all has to be brought to brought to a head um some might disagree with me <laughs> but, but is is that because you feel everything so unless you acknowledge the soup that you're living in everyone feels attention and that actually makes it worse because there's there are, the coping strategies like going to the gym going out going seeing friends can't happen so it's just going to get worse so unless you just say it's messy then you, then you just don't get anywhere hence needing to call it out say that's not working yeah because the messiness doesn't go away if you don't deal with it it's it just stays there yeah like you say it's a soup that you've got to live in one of the um things i did uh, about two weeks in was um focus on actually what my relationships were like with my husband and my daughter and um and just to observe it and what became really really clear was that i engaged in reaction and in conflict to avoid actual intimate relationships with them mm. and then what i noticed even when i started to not do so much reaction it was like my body was like looking away from them that like i didn't even want to look at them and be in really intimate relationship and when you're in life normally you know like you said rach going to work doing this passing in the corridor sort of stuff it's all sort of carries on but because you're in the house and you can't leave and all those sorts of things it just really highlighted it and it was like this is my, this is i'm doing this i'm the one who's not wanting to be in a relationship i'm the one who's like physically moving away from it it was you know it was interesting and then what i've just been doing recently is um something else that came out of it was how much i swear swear or swore i can say past tense because i don't think i've sworn today <laughs> 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 celebration <laughs> and like having May had said it to me ages ago she said do you swear at school <laughs> I said no of course I don't swear at school and it wasn't you know sometimes it would be more serious swear words but general words and um and I didn't really see it as a big deal really but then I was thinking well what is it it, it doesn't feel nice like because when you see kids swearing it feels horrible yeah but it's the same thing with adults. It's just that we've become desensitized to it, I suppose. And so I, I made a decision that I was going to stop. And I probably reduced it by 70% first day and 80% or whatever. But something slightly magical happened. It was like um, I, got, I spoke to somebody. And I'd only spoken to them a couple of days before. But there was this beautiful tone in their voice. And I went, wow, your voice sounds amazing. And I thought, well, it's the same voice that was here two days ago. <laughs> what what am I why why can I now hear something that I couldn't before because I was literally being a bit of a potty mouth you know I wasn't allowing the purity in me almost you know what I mean I don't know if that sounds a bit strange but I was just like I feel like I can feel more love now that I'm not bringing that into me and expressing in that way and and I know I wouldn't have had that 
without this time, I wouldn't have had the space to see it. So I sort of feel quite appreciative of the whole lockdown. That's yeah. cool. Magnifying grass, you know. Sorry, Vanessa, but that's just gorgeous hearing you say that. And, uh, and it makes absolute sense to me. I, I feel that this time has hit a reset button on almost every aspect of life. Everything is reset. And everything is highlighted and exposed. And you, know, you, can't, you can't go to work and go, the way the household is, is not my problem. Because I'm not in the household. Because you're taking it with you. It's on the train with me. It's in the surgery with me. One of the things that I've really, really appreciated in a way is the tension that the kids are under at school. Mm. Um, you know, what they encounter every day out there is, is not easy for them. You know, um, it's, it's, school is not such a lovely place <laughs> it's um yeah just I've, I've definitely grown an appreciation to understand how hard it is and when they do come home in the state that they come home that it's yeah a bit more understanding of how of how tough it is out there for for young people i would agree that tension um that they feel at school that they that they don't have at the moment because they're not at school um, the tension of being at home and understanding why why the tension's there um, and how sensitive they are I mean I don't swear very much at all but when I do there's one of my children who really just it's like I have screamed and shouted and completely lost it. And I know that when I swear, I actually have lost it. However quiet my voice is, however, you know, my tone doesn't change. But, you know, it's like I have just erupted. And, and she'll say that to me. She'll go, stop shouting or stop doing this. And I'm going, hey, I'm not. But I'm, I can feel I'm like there's that passive aggressiveness this space has given me time to remember her as a three, four, five-year-old, super, super sensitive. I was like running around like a headless chicken as a mother, um, you know, not really clocking her sensitivity. Now it's like I've got an opportunity to honour that three-year-old in her that was so sensitive then and go, you know what, you're quite right. I'm, I've, I'm feeling the tension. I can't find the words. I'm swearing because I can't find the words. And I can see how that could feel like a slap to you. Amazing opportunities just by not being able to run away and not being able to brush over something. If we can just say exactly where we're at, like where I said to Abby May, how I'm quite harsh with my movements and she's very sensitive and she could feel that, you know, she feels that. And just by me being honest and open with her that really helps reset our relationship and it's much more honoring of children and young people to to just for us to be real you know it's not a big deal we i think a lot of time parents try to be something to be the parent rather than be themselves in full and as and, and honest about where we're at such a great point the hierarchy of the home mm. 
there's an equal responsibility about you know the chores that need to be done in the home what, what I've noticed is just how much my husband and I do we've really sat down and looked at working harmoniously in a home together and that we all contribute we had an amusing confrontation um, the one evening around chores and, and my teenager said I just want to be treated as an adult and I said fantastic I've been waiting for us to have this relationship where you're an equal adult of this house and I we have a few people staying with us and I said and and look at at how they behave if they see there's some leaves on the floor they get the broom out and they sweep off the kitchen counter's dirty they wipe it you know like they just equally contribute they're on top of what's happening around the house they um you know they contribute with the cooking with everything this is going to be amazing let's sit down and discuss how we can be equal adults in this house and he looked at me and he didn't say anything he just went upstairs and that's it we haven't we haven't had this conversation again <laughs> It's so unfair when you turn around an opportunity to moan into an opportunity to learn. Carmen, shame on you. <laughs> they are the laugh out loud moments that have made this, this great fun, hasn't it? How's everyone doing with getting their kids out of bed in the morning? All right. Here we go. <laughs> so, my... My dear husband and, and his boy have a, what can only be described as fraught relationship with going to bed. And they're both great uh, technology lovers and they love computers, they love gaming. Um, my husband particularly loves watching YouTube, polit political stuff on YouTube. So. Not only is he watching a lot, he's watching stuff that gets him very incensed and wound up. So then he can't sleep. So they will regularly go to bed very, very late, which then translates into difficulty waking up. So um, generally what will happen, I've, I've left for work already, but um, I've seen, I've seen um, my husband's way of waking up in the morning which is an explosion of terror because he's going to be late if he doesn't get out of bed five minutes ago now the problem that we've had with with the young man in our lives is that with online schooling he doesn't feel the same pressure because if he's going to get detention that hasn't struck him yet that has that chicken hasn't come home to roost so getting him out of bed on the weekend is impossible anyway, absolutely impossible. But now with online schooling, it's just not happening. And so in the first week I felt, I took on the burden. I'm home, dad's at work. I have to get him out of bed. And uh, there was one particular day where I'd gone into his room probably six, seven times and he was still not moving. There'd be a groan and a slight movement of the sheets and then nothing would happen. And uh, the last time I went in, probably number eight time, uh, I basically bellowed at him. And um, I'm not given to bellowing. <laughs> I didn't think it was part of my repertoire, but it was, it happened. And it was, it was not lovely. 
Um, there was no swearing involved, but only by extreme application of will. <laughs> there actually was swearing. It just didn't come out of my mouth. It was <laughs> playing around in my brain. And um, I don't even want to replicate it for your listeners, Lucy. Yeah. Because I think they deserve to have that assault. But, but it, was, it was this, what, what happened in that moment was this horrific external pressure beating down on me going, you don't know how to be a mother. You're a bad mother. Yeah. And, and I find step parenting, to be honest with you, absolute hell. Um, I feel lost. I feel bewildered most of the time. I've got pressure on me for my husband to do more parenting, but if I don't do it the way he wants it, there needs to be less parenting. I'm lost. I'm completely lost. And in that moment, I'm just literally, I felt almost like a child going, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what, and I'm sure it's no different for parents. Like, just because you have a child doesn't mean you know what to do. I was absolutely lost. I'm like, my husband's going to be angry with me. The school's going to be angry with me. I'm failing here. I don't know what to do. Um, and at the same time, and my frustration is coming out on this, this boy. Like, just, and, and here's my mother. And I remember as a kid sleeping a lot, wanting to escape my family. And my mother coming in and just shrieking at me. And here I am. I'm doing the same thing she did. Mm. After vowing, I'm never going to be like my mother. And here I am. I'm being my mother. Here we go. Here it is. It, it was quite a moment. And, but what was lovely, when I felt the level of, it was the most horrible experiences. Honestly, it was as bad as it was for me to him. What I did to myself was horrific. And I felt, I felt beaten up after that. And I had to stop and I had to go, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do it this way. And the approach I'm now taking, correct, incorrect, who knows? I don't know. I just go in a couple of times and gently say to him, hey, you ready to get up? And I closed the door. Yesterday, he got out of bed at 12.30. He's missed the whole morning of mm. school. Um, but to me, there's also a power in allowing people to learn their own lessons. Totally Just, agree. You, you are, okay, 12. We can say he's a little boy, but he's moving into adulthood. And there are certain lessons that me screaming at him doesn't deliver. Me screaming at him just shuts him down. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm... Oh, you're right on there, Rachel, right on there. Um, and I, I, I work with a lot of teenagers and um, the, the getting out of bed thing is, is something that they have brought up with me. And um, so many of them say, you know, it's really hard when the first thing you hear in the morning is some high-pitched scream. Like, I don't even hear the words. All I hear is someone screaming at me. And I go, wow. Um, one, that must be awful to hear. But two, like, how frustrated must they be to, you know, to, to go there? What, what, what's frustrating them? Well, I'm not getting out of bed. I said, oh, okay. 
did, did you need to be getting out of bed? Well, yeah, I mean, I was late for school, but hey. So there was, you know, there's that bringing them the responsibility of what, what they're not doing. But equally, I really felt the assault that you're sharing. I, I took that on board. Anyone else got anything on there on those moments? Just that it becomes a catch-22 situation. I haven't quite had too much of a problem of this with lockdown, but my um, oldest son, who doesn't live with us anymore, at one stage he was going to school at 2 p.m. just for chemistry because it was the only subject he liked. And, and the school, he was 17 at the time, the school was on my case about, you know, he's got to get to school. And I go, he's, he's 17, he's bigger than me. I can't literally get him out of bed and get him to school in that frustration. And, um, you know, listening to Rachel, just totally understanding it because you are in that moment absolutely helpless. There is nothing 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 that you can do but it's almost like this game that perpetuates the war you get frustrated um and I, in that case i had to let him drop out of school and you know suffer the consequences in the long run which was not very pleasant but um it's it's uh, it's a really hard one as a parent there is a responsibility to teach them to be accountable for their own choices and their own actions. And it's as simple as that. Why do we need to get up? Because you have a commitment to be at school. Um, uh, and that's your commitment. That's your, you're going to work like I'm going to work. When you go to work, you're going to have the same commitment. These are life skills. That's what you're learning. Yeah. And one of the things I know is that part of what gets in the way for us to be able to do that is our investment in our kids. I think that's one of the big key areas where we fall down and go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> it's like, because we're so invested in them turning out well. We're so invested in what it reflects of us and our parenting, like you're saying, Rachel, you know, how, you know what are people going to think, the school, all this pressure. Um, whereas if it's somebody else's child, completely not, not related to you in any way, you would have to be completely clear of it in that sense. And I always think, you know, that's where it, it, we have to look at what we're putting on them. Because even in your case, Carmen, if a kid falls out of school, et cetera, you know, at 23, you can go back to uni as an adult. You know, you can reset things. If that ends up what you want to do, it's not like that part of your life is completely over, which is what school tries to put in your head. That if you don't do this in this order, then you're never, ever going to get anything you want to do. But well, that's an absolute lie. Yeah, it's a good, it was a very good lesson as a, as a parent for me. <laughs> the other thing that's important too, and, and I think there are more qualified people on the panel that can correct me here, but one of the things that I know, you know, when I suffered from depression and anxiety, there was a lot of focus on my parents and how wrong they got it. And a lot of blame, you know, that, that, is directed, you know, well, your parents did this to you, therefore you turned out like that. And, and that is part of the pressure that I feel is, oh my God, you know, if there's, there's, if there's a branch of psychology dedicated to how bad your parents were, <laughs> and we spent all this time analysing how bad my parents were and finding ways to pin my um, deficiencies as an adult onto them, 
then that adds a layer, a massive layer of pressure that that's even unconscious, you know, whether you are whatever kind of parent you are, step, so-called real parent, you know, biological parent, whatever you want to label it. Um, this whole idea that how we are as an adult, we can pin back on to our parents. You know, I think that really needs to be examined because our parents are just a product of how they were parented. There's something else going on here, sort of hiding in plain sight. And the, that's the beauty of having three children, and Lucy may feel the same way, is that they, they, everything's different about them. You know, when you have one, it's like, ah, oh, okay, the parents are to blame. They turned out that way. And my gosh, we were terrible parents if it was my oldest son. But, um, <laughs> you know, they, they, they're all so different and they and even with our children our, our youngest will say um, I can only speak to mum she's the only one that listens and the middle son says I can only speak to dad he's the only one that listens um, and it's just you know each one has their they have their own stuff <laughs> and their own their own um, reaction to parenting their own picture of what parenting should be and whether we are good parents or not good parents so it's really lovely to have more than one child and to just go oh okay it's not just me that's awesome i think that is such a brilliant way to bring this episode to a close because what you have shared is the importance of responsibility and accountability and understanding with a capital U, in fact, the whole word in capital letters. We, we are parenting the way we're parenting based on how we have been parented and they parented us on how they were parented. And we have a ton of ideals and beliefs that try and come in and impose on us pictures of what we're doing well, what we're doing badly, how we're totally scarring our kids for life, blah, blah, blah. You know, it is a blah, blah, blah. And there's expectations that school have on us. And also the ones we perceive are on us that aren't actually on us. As Vanessa brought up, there are pictures of what we think our children should be. What you've offered is really a whole melting pot, a whole soup of all of that. I feel like we've covered so much. And all of your experiences have added colour. And I feel also it's part of what we've said and shared and is that actually this time is an opportunity to look at what we're bringing and, and actually we can change our movements. We can experiment and do things and try stuff out and, and see what works. And, um, and yeah, I think that's, the positive that we can get out of all of this, I feel. Totally. We're a science experiment in the making. Yeah. We are each a control trial, which can be accepted as absolute fact because as you've done, you've seen how your movements are affecting the home, how your, how your words are affecting the home. I've seen how my words affect people. We've all seen and we felt and we've experienced it's not something that we just read in a parenting manual or we just read in a in a study we have to trust that our our lived experience is really worth something it's an amazing opportunity here 
Final top tips from each of you. I just felt with lockdown, and this might be everybody's tip, but just keeping that, keeping our normal rhythm, getting up, getting dressed, doing exercise, doing work, just just keeping it normal um, has been very beneficial and supportive for me. I fully agree that your rhythm is your foundation. And if, you know, in my case, it's I'm holding my rhythm and I'm not allowing other people's rhythm to impact on that without cutting them out. Just let them be, let them be, just keep being steady. And, and what I've learned too is this, there is power in, if I can call it role modelling. It's not yelling and telling people what to do and being instructive. It's going, here's how I'm living my life. And who knows what impact that will have, if any, maybe none. But just keep living my way and being steady in that. And, and who knows where that will go. So mine was just to say, have a bit of a laugh as well. Keep it a bit light, you know, um, laugh at ourselves. And, and you know, I, I've learned I need to shower every day. Can't, can't not shower every day. <laughs> when you start to smell and um, it feels better for your body to have a shower. <laughs> so it's part of the rhythm. <laughs> I love that. That is going to be our final sentence. <laughs> You're amazing. Thank you all so much. Thank you.